Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. Hello, everyone. Hello, Dustin. I am Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing today, Jake? Fucking great. Excellent. Just great. Wonderful. Love to hear it. So, uh, tonight's episode, we are talking about um, team-by-team breakdown. Uh, We're starting to go through the divisions, starting with the NFC North this week. Of course, because uh, we got to talk about our Packers first. You know, that's just how it goes. And it since we're the host right. of the shows, that's what happens. <laughs> that's right. Fuck all of you. We're going to do what we want to do. Yeah. So so we're starting a series of, of episodes now, a series of shows where we're just going to go through uh, division by division, conference by conference. Uh, like I said, this week is the NFC North. Uh, but before we get into that, first things first, oh, what are we drinking this week? Yeah. We are drinking something a little nice for the summertime. Goose Island Summertime Kolsch. From uh, from Germany, originally, of course. Well, the the style. style of yes. beer. No. But the beer itself from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Again, yeah. in appropriate. Yes, appropriate. semi-local. NFC Regional. North. That's right. Right? That, that was just a lovely coincidence. No, it's, make people think that it was on purpose. Make them think we're smarter than yes. we are. I love love me some Goose Island beer. I love me some Kolsch. I love me some Kolsch as well. This is, you know what this is? This is outdoor concert beer. Mm-hmm. That's what this shit is. You can keep your Michelobes. You can keep your Coronas. I want my Kolsch. Yeah. Give me my Kolsch. Very crushable. Uh, comes in at a solid 5%. So, you know, something you can definitely drink all day long. All day, every day. Well, it's nice and clear, like you like to see in a Kolsch. I like it. Nice kind of straw color. I want to be able to see the person that I'm sitting across from looking through the Absolutely. That's what I want. And it achieves it. So where to go? Where to go, Goose Island? I would say this is like Goose Island is just the point where they're getting to be not quite a craft brewer anymore. They're They're like ready to take that step. They are. You know? Or they're not, I shouldn't say not craft, they're not niche. Yeah, they're not, they're not small craft. That's right. They're big, big craft. craft. Yes. Big old craft. Like big Bob uh, craft. No, nothing like him. No? Okay. No. All right, we'll, we'll talk about the Patriots later. Yes. All right, let's move along to some other beer-infused items, primarily. Boom, 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 boom. Drunk trade. One of these days I'm going to... Like get a we'll get a drop song or something yeah. to go with that. We'll so get a real drop for our drunk trade like of the week. Dick. If anyone out there wants to write us up a, a drop for a drunk trade of the week, we Ooh. would love it. We'll give you the shout out, give you full credit for it, and we'll mail you a beer. I won't guarantee that it will make it to you, <laughs> but we will put one in the mailbox. Yes. So, uh, drunk trade of this week. This is a little interesting one. This is not quite the same as what I've been. Not the same out as the here. others. Yeah. Because this is, well, let me just get it out here. At Hullen, or Hewlin, I don't Hewlin. know, 97, comes at us with this one. Sometime before last season, one of my league mates traded Mike Evans, Devonta Freeman, Robert Woods, Aaron Jones, and a first for the 2018-101. So, Dustin, who was the 2018-101 last year? Was it Baker? No. It was Saquon. It was Saquon. It was Saquon. And just just looking at that alone, it's weird. Because this is what is so interesting about trading in general. Mm -hmm. Anybody last year at this time, if we had read this drunk trade last year, before the start of the season, this trade had just went down, it seems like, oh, fuck, what are you doing, guy? Like, way to overpay for the 101. Even though we thought Saquon was going to be great. Absolutely. But Fucking not that great. But not that's not out of the range of other trades I've seen out there for Saquon. You mean like, like bef- currently? Or, or last before. year, yeah, before the draft. So fair. I mean it's not I mean it's more than I would personally pay. It makes my sober just or that drunk list of names. <laughs> um makes my butthole clench up a little bit. Yeah. Thinking about giving them all away. Like I know. But, but but yeah, tell us the interesting thing. So, here's what's worse, question mark about it. The guy that received that haul 
of Mike Evans, Savante Freeman, Robert Woods, Aaron Jones, plus pick, now has none of them left on his roster and is one of the worst teams in the league now. Well, obviously, if you traded for one, two, three, four players plus a first-round pick. Four high-level players. Let's, yes. let's put, that, put that out there. Yes. All easily could be top 12 at their position. Oh, easily. Mike Evans, easy. No, no question. Freeman, he's been number one in the past. Yeah. He got I think he's going to have a big year. season this year. So we were talking about this before mm-hmm. we went on air here. That's that's the deal, right? Right. That's why he got rid of Freeman is because he got injured last year. Which probably. I can understand. But to have one of the worst teams after getting a haul <laughs> like that, it's just... <laughs> <sighs> it's so it's mind boggling. Do you think he he was so pissed later on that he realized he gave up Saquon Barkley that he's like fuck it I'm out everything's everything sucks <sighs> maybe maybe <laughs> not even gonna try anymore. just wanted to watch the world burn apparently oh, oh it's so awful but I thought that was an interesting one not a drunk trade where you're like oh man what a what a dumbass initially yeah, at least right but yeah yeah that's, I don't know. It's interesting. Let's put it that way. We're going to keep using that word to describe this because we have really no other thoughts about it. <laughs> it's just weird. All right. Let's move in, do some deep diving, deep digging into the NFC North. Yes, let's do it. So a quick recap. Uh, last year, uh, the Bears won the division at 12-4. and four. Vikings were second at 8-7-1. and one. Our Packers came in at third at 6-9-1. and one. And the Lions last again at six and ten. <laughs> so usual. So that's where they stood. Uh, let's start with the Packers. God, can I just see how bad that looks when you see it all written out? Like I know that? it's oh, it's so depressing. My division was garbage. It it was hard hard to watch. That's for sure. Can only get better. Here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you wanted to lead us off with some Packers. Uh, analysis here? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, current depth chart. Yeah. We've got Aaron Rodgers. Who? Yeah, just some guy off the street. Hmm. Uh, Sounds new. He is very new. Okay. We've got Aaron Jones, Jamal Aaron Williams. Williams. Yeah. Uh, new to the team, Dexter Williams. Very rookie. About. Yep. For wide receivers, we've got Devontae Adams. Yep. Geronimo, yep. Geronimo, yep. Ellison, uh, MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Valdez Scantling. We've got ESB, Equinemius, St. Brown. Yes, we've got all the three-letter initials. initials. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Jake Kumaro. Yeah. Hometown boy we love. With those beautiful flowing locks oh, of his. So gorgeous. <laughs> Who else here? I'm missing someone. The wide receiver? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean we, oh, Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore. I yeah. knew there was another sophomore sure, rookie. Sure. Sophomore rookie? That we, makes no sense. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's perfect sense. Uh, and then and we're getting down to the bottom of the yeah. middle there. And then for tight ends, we've got uh, Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. and Jace Sternberger. Yep. So that's. The Sternberg. That, that is the current uh, relevant depth chart. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You didn't want to talk about where a kicker is or. Kickers don't matter. Okay. Mason would like to hear it, I'm sure. I'm sure he would. And I'm sure he listens to our podcast. What if we got Mason Crosby on our podcast? Would you be able to tell him to his face that kickers don't matter? Yes. Picture the puppy dog eyes. Yes. I I would do it. Salt and pepper hair. I would do it. Okay. Just knowing that afterwards I would end up like buying him a beer or something and it'd be okay. I'm going to try my best to get him in the same room so that you have to say it to his face. <laughs> All right, so that was the Packers depth chart. Yes. We got a couple, we got like three main categories we really mm-hmm. want to hit on. Correct. Which is, who are regression candidates? Who's due for that step back? Who are the up-and-comers? And who are the question marks? Correct. So you want to hit us off with your uh, regression candidates? I do. Maybe, maybe some of these we can kind of tag team, uh, whether we have them the same person or they are in different categories just to kind of like demolition from the WWF that's right or the rockers or another tag team that's the bushwhackers yeah I think we're probably actually closer to the bushwhackers than (laughs) any of those 
All right. So my regression candidate, uh, who is also one of your up and coming players. I know. So we can we have a little discussion. The, I know. The seed, man. So uh, Jimmy Graham, he's my regression candidate. Um, the reason I have him Jimmy? here, I just, he's old. He's old. <laughs> he's so old. <laughs> uh, I just, he's past his prime. I mean, he's he's going to have an okay season, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a feeling Jace is going to get in there, mix it up, uh, be a part of the offense. You know, we have all these um, second-year wide receivers. Uh, someone's going to step up in the slot. We don't know what Lafleur is going to do with the offense, how involved the tight end is actually going to be. Um, so I just, the whole situation, I'm just not a fan of Jimmy Graham. Ugh. So you counter. I, I, I can't even wait to, until it's up and comers to talk about this. It's just. Yeah, tell, I, me, tell us now. Lay it on me. Why is he up and coming? Why do you hate Jimmy Graham crackers so much, man? I don't man? hate him. He, he finished as the tight end 12 last year with a broken thumb. I know that we talk about how anybody who finishes oh, you saw the look. five tight ends are basically garbage people. But he did it on, on with nine figures, essentially, for the last four or five games of the season. He did it with Aaron Rodgers throwing one of the lowest touchdown totals he's thrown in his career. He... Uh, I, I, just just give him the second year, man. He, it was the first year in the offense. Let him well, learn now the he's offense. in a whole new offense. Well, but, but, you know, he's got guys around him that he's comfortable with. <laughs> he sees faces that are familiar, at least. And I think you made my point for me is that, you know, even with Rodgers throwing so few touchdowns that what a garbage heap tight end is outside the top few. But but that's my point is, is Aaron Rodgers is going to add probably, can we comfortably say 10 touchdowns to his total? That seems about what his average ends up being is in that mid-30s range. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, he's always very effective that way. You can say what you want about the receiving core, and I like some of these guys that we're going to talk about, but they're still relatively, you know? You, you can't look at any one of them and be like, yep, aside from Devontae, mm-hmm. of course. Can't look at anybody and go, yep, that's where all the targets are oh, going. Oh, absolutely. So I think give him one more offseason to get comfortable with a Aaron and uh, let him just do his thing and catch touchdowns all day long. Okay. Glad I got that off my chest. All right, so who do you have for your regression candidate? And this makes me look like <laughs> such a homer, and and I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Because it, it's, I don't, I said it at the top of the show, I don't know how it can get much worse. So I'm not coming at this from a perspective of they're all great, and they're amazing, and they're untouchable. It's just when you look at what all of them did collectively last year, again, outside of Devontae. Right. Everybody was kind of bad. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine anybody getting significantly so you, worse. you expect the offense as a whole to take a step up and improve across the board, basically. God, I hope so. Our Sundays are going to be so long and so awful. The only guy who I even want to consider tossing in here is Jamal Williams because I do think it's going to be pretty easy for him to fall out of the number two spot. Uh, and at, at best, he's going to be... a in a third rotational mm-hmm. position. Dexter Williams, I think, can come in and take that from him pretty easily. But again, it's not even like Jamal did that much last year. So what are we banking on him yeah, losing? he's just a guy. He's a guy. So my begrudging regression candidate is Jamal Williams. Fair enough. <sighs> so uh, my upcoming player then, uh, counterpoint to you. Yeah, I also have a tight end. fighting about this. Uh, is Jake Sternberger. Uh, obviously rookie. You know, rookie tight ends don't typically do much in their first year outside. You know, you're not even the elite tight ends, I suppose, don't break out year one typically. It's not often. I do so think he's going Jason. to have um, opportunity this year. He's got great hands, very good pass catcher. Um, he does know how to run block, unlike Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, I'm not. You don't tell Jimmy what to do. I'm not saying he's going to be top 12. You know, we're just talking about up-and-coming players. So I think this year, you know, he's going to have a role, you know, but moving forward, star is very bright for him. Are you drafting him in redraft this year? No. Won't touch him even last round? No. Nope. nope. He'll be on the waiver wire. See, well, that's all I need to know. Well, let's be honest. In our home league, 
he'll be drafted in probably like the sixth round. So. <laughs> Every single Packers player will be drafted. Jody Nelson will still somehow be drafted. I'm sure he will. In like the 10th so, round. But no, I will not be drafting him. Uh, just not worth it this year. I just want to say, I think this kind of makes my point because you're talking about the tight end and he, even though he's a rookie, he's going to get involved. Uh, I see Matt LaFleur's offense, which does favor the limited sample size we have with him. Kind of favors tight ends, so I could see both of them having a nice little. Well, we shall cool. see, won't we? I get. Well, we're gonna. We do you want to? No, we can't no. really beer bet on this one. No, I All thought right. about it first half a second, and I'm like, no. Then you thought better. I did. That's right. Um, question marks. Question marks. You want to go first here? Yeah. Uh, like I was talking about before, the receivers, specifically the sophomore receivers. So that group from last year. That was relatively uninspiring. Your nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be tactful. Uh, no, when I get to the rest of these teams, don't worry, I'm going to rip them to fucking shreds. <laughs> but for right now, I'm trying to be tactful. No, Marquez, EQ, um, uh, Jamon, none of them in tiny bits. Right, there's a flutter of hope mm-hmm. from a couple of them. Oh, they all here flashed the game here or there. They all took their turns flashing, which is easy to do. But is, is any of them going to make that big step up to where they can be the actual guy opposite Devonte or a solid slot receiver? I really don't know. Yeah, I think Geronimo has the best chance to be the number two guy. Yes, he definitely has the inside track. And you know, last year he was definitely on that path before he got injured. Had he not been injured, he would have been a, probably a wide receiver, too. I think he probably could have cracked top 24 last year. Yeah, I don't think it would have been outlandish. Yeah, know, I'm saying low end. Like, he would have been low end. Like low yeah. end, you know, that 22 to 24 range. Yeah. Um, you know, just based on what his trajectory was up until the point he got hurt. So he definitely has that inside track. I agree. Yeah, so for right now, it's just kind of, you know, it's machine gunning. You're, mm-hmm. you're just... I don't know. Take a fucking dart, throw him at the roster, and then put that guy in your lineup. See if it works. All right. And my question mark is the running back core. Just uh, everybody. It just is. The it's whole it's the team. whole thing. It's just, you know, I know there's a lot of love out there for Aaron Jones. I mean, I personally am very high on him. You know, but do we know why he wasn't being used more? Was it strictly McCarthy being McCarthy or was there more, something more going on that we don't know about? That's fair. You know, we don't know. And, you know, he does get dinged up a lot as much as I hate to say it. Not that he's ever missed significant time, but he does always seems to have like an ankle sprain or, you know, something going on. Uh, You know, Jamal Williams, like we said, he's just a guy. Dexter Williams, you know, there seems to be a lot of hype building about him recently. I think it's because he fell so far in the draft, not because of talent or his, right. you know, his measurables. It's just because of off-field stuff. Correct. And so they're thinking, well, maybe there's a, I'm not going to say that he's going to be like Joe Mixon, but maybe there's that Correct. edge to him where he fell, but he's going to end up being better than you'd think. And, you know, new head coach has no allegiance to any of these running backs, so... Who knows how it's going to break out? So that's my biggest question mark. How does how does the running back shake out? How do they shake out? Okay. I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. Kickoff's that's only right. like, you know, eight years away. So that's <laughs> not long. Anything else about the Packers? Uh, no, just that I hope they crush these next motherfuckers to bits. That's right. So next team we'll discuss is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, their depth chart We'll go I'm going to sit back with my hands crossed this entire rest of this time because I don't want to talk about none of these guys. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kirk Cousins, the $85 million man. That's right. We got Dalvin Cook, lead dog there in Minnesota. Drafted Alexander Madison, third round, was that, I believe? Sure. Regardless, rookie running back. Yep. The rest of the running backs, yeah. Nothing much there. Don't need to talk about them. But then, you don't want to talk about Amir Abdullah? No. Anymore? No, that okay. Express is worse off than Thomas the Train. <laughs> is is Thomas the Train notoriously bad off? He's nobody. Forgive me, I have not seen the Thomas. I haven't either. I was trying oh, to make a funny yeah, reference. Sure. And now you shoot me down, you make sure. me look stupid in no. front of all my friends. 
You watch it every night. All right. Wide receivers. Wide receivers. We've got the dynamic duel. Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs, Adam Thielen. We also have former first-round draft pick Laquan Treadwell. Mm-hmm. He's hanging around. Outside of that, not much more to get excited about. Tight ends, we've got Kyle Rudolph for now. We'll see what happens. For now. And then uh, Irv Smith Jr., who was you know rookie, just drafted onto the team. So, regression candidates. Yeah. Who's about to take that big step backwards and fall on their dumb asses? Why don't you lead us off? We happen to be in agreement here. So, I, this is uh, so rare. I feel like we have to capture this moment with a photograph somehow. Um, we both believe that the main regression candidate this year will be Adam Thielen. Correct. Now, I know my reasonings. I'm curious to see if we line up on that respect, too. And my whole logic train on this is we saw Adam Thielen come out of the gates looking like a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. Like the guy was fantasy gold. And he was. For the first eight weeks. Yeah. He broke a bunch of records. He was amazing. Every game was a 100-yard game. He was putting up touchdowns like nothing. And then halfway through the season, he was just like, "Mm, I think I'm good, guys. I think I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to cut. You know that feeling like Thursday afternoon at work where you're like, you know what? I've already done a lot (laughs) this week. The rest of this week is just me time. That's basically what Adam Thielen Mm -hmm. did. Kind of disappeared. And then it's hard for me to trust that he's not going to be that guy from the, the last eight weeks this year, especially with an emphasis on the run game, which they claim they still really yeah, want. absolutely. Maybe they won't be able to do it, but they're claiming that's how they want to operate their offense. So I'm going to listen. What, what's your rationale for the feel and taking that bump down? I feel like Stefan Diggs is going to be more of the focal point in the passing offense. I happen to agree that they're probably going to run more than they did last year. But at the same token, they also paid Kirk Cousins a shit ton of money to be the quarterback. So if you're paying a guy that much guaranteed money, you better use them. Because otherwise, they could have uh, kept, what's his name, Case Keenum True. for a hell of a lot less money than that. Just hand he off the ball. You know hand off a ball. Yeah, yeah. it'll cost yeah. you like you know $4 per handoff yeah. instead of $400 per handoff. Exactly. So... I think Stefan is a superior talent. You know, yeah, he's got no, the draft capital. True. I think the just the offense, the passing offense is going to be funneled through him a little bit more. He's going to get more of the targets. He's going to end up with more touchdowns. You know, so that's why I feel like Thielen's going to be the regression candidate this year on that team. I will admit this was actually also kind of a tough one to pin down for a regression candidate. Mm-hmm. Really, outside of him, there wasn't a guy that I even really thought mm-hmm. about because I don't see Diggs regressing. I the, the Rudolph situation is too weird right, right now to really say. And again, he wasn't that great last year, so what's he going to regress to? Uh, yeah, hey, we we agreed. Yeah, on, look on at something. us. God, we're just getting yeah. along. All the love. Let's shake that up. <laughs> so up-and-coming players for Vikings. And again, I know this is hard to talk about. It certainly is for me. But there is one guy who's a very obvious path mm-hmm. to fantasy relevance. And I happen to agree with you on this. I didn't I didn't put it in the show doc here, but I, we, we are in agreement here. You already wrote that you agreed with me once, or I did to you. You didn't want to... You and I want to put that down on paper twice, you know. Right. You don't want to put that... Memorialize that we are on the same page no. too many times. No. But Alexander Madison is taking on a role that last year was certainly very beneficial. Mm-hmm. The number two spot in the Vikings offense, in the Vikings backfield, has proven to be beneficial. Part of that is just because their lead back never seems to be able to stay healthy. True. So if you can bank on Dalvin Cook to play all 16 games... Um, then then this is going to be trickier to project. But I'm not projecting Dalvin Cook to play all 16. I think he'll play most. I think he could play all 16, but there's still going to be a role for Madison. Yes. You know, especially if they're going to be such a run-heavy team. I was right. using air quotes for those of you that can't see me. Uh, I, bet they, I bet they could feel them. I hope so. Yeah. You know, so since they're going to be such a more run-heavy team, Dalvin Cook, you know, he's, I don't think he's built to carry the ball 
you know, 280 times in a season, you know, so they're going to have to spell him. Madison's going to get touches, but I think like you said, it's a matter of will he stay healthy? Delvin Cook, that is, for the entire season. And to your point there, Latavius Murray last year, while Dalvin Cook was healthy, still had very Mm -hmm. usable games. Yes, absolutely. So in a pinch, I still think Madison is a guy that you could plug into your flex on a week. Um, Maybe not as your top option, Mm -hmm. but when things are a little thin, you can certainly do that to start. The bipocalypse weeks. Yeah, and then see how that carry split kind of progresses through the year. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, and then our question marks. I'll, I'll start with this one here. Yeah. Um, I got Kirk Cousins. And again, it comes down to more of the coaching philosophy that they're going to use. You know, they paid him all this money, but they want to be a running team. You know, how does that affect him? I don't know. Uh, you know, he had a quietly good season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, threw for over, I think it's 4,100 yards. You know, had... I don't know, however many, like 30 touchdowns or something. Like, had a quietly good season. He was not nearly as bad as people no. thought. He just, you know, people are well aware that he chokes in the big games. Sure. So I think if he could make progress on that, you know, then it's going to be a whole different uh, tale for him. So he's my question mark. What do you got, Jake? Um, It's the those goddamn tight ends. Why can't anybody just get their tight end situation straight? Uh, well, I feel I, like theirs was fairly secure and straight until they drafted a tight end. So that they <laughs> they threw a wrench at their own feet. Yes. And uh, they just wanted to piss off their, their institution of a tight end. But the I, I don't know whether uh, Kyle Rudolph will be there to start the season. This, yeah. could, this has that feeling of that really combustible storyline that we got last year and the year before with different players where it's that all those 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 stories come out and they kind of seep through the ether and it mm-hmm. gets back to the players and it becomes this whole drama. Yeah, and sometimes and, it's nothing. Sometimes it's something. Well, you know what they say, when there's smoke, there's fire. And when there's fire, there's ants. That's right. Yeah. Don't look yeah. that up. Irv Smith is again. He's a, he's a rookie, so, and it's just, it's a Packers situation here. You draft that mm-hmm. rookie tight end be, behind an established guy who should be the focal point. Dustin should, should be, be the focal point of the offense. But if he's gone, well, then all of a sudden you don't have any other solid tight end mm-hmm. to fill in for him. You're gonna have to rely on your rookie. I don't know if that's what they want. I don't think I yeah. would. Well, and just to add another little um, nugget to the Kyle Rudolph story. You know, he's owed something like $7.5 million against the cap this year. Uh, and there was talks that they were, were trying to get like a five-year deal in place, but now those talks have broken off. So I think it's probably most likely before season starts, he is traded to another team, uh, which would clear up the whole uh, tight end situation very nicely there. It would. You know who's keeping an eye on the Kyle Rudolph situation? Who's that? The Patriots. I'm because sure. the Patriots are keeping an eye on every situation. Well, that's what they do. Goddamn leeches. All right, let's move along to something a little more... All right. <laughs> I was about to say interesting, and I couldn't even say it with a straight no. face. No, we'll, should we'll we say first. we'll move to the bottom feeders of the NFC North? Of the NFL. <sighs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. No? No. I'm struggling. Okay. I'm well, struggling to find many teams that are worse than the Lions this year. All right. For my that, that can be another episode. All right. Fair enough. All right. So we've got quarterback Matthew Stafford. Enough said there. Meat and potatoes. Running backs. We've got Carrion Johnson, CJ Anderson, the GOAT, uh, <laughs> Theo Reddick, Zach Zenner. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. Those are your big three. I don't think anyone else really, you know, stands out there on the team. And you just wait. TJ Jones is going to be a force to be reckoned with yeah. in week 16. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, for tight ends, we got uh, Jesse James, who they just signed as a free agent this offseason. And then TJ Hawkinson drafted. In the first round. 
Yeah, the tight end of the rookie draft. Yes. So, that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Let's talk about where we're going to fall back to. Yes. I'll okay. take the lead on you'll, this. You'll start you us with mind. the regression candidates? All right. I will. And I'm once again going to probably upset some people uh, who are very high on this guy. I've seen so much Twitter buzz about Kenny Galladay. Why isn't Kenny Galladay getting his gosh darn due? And it, everybody thinks that somehow half of Twitter thinks he's being overlooked and half of Twitter thinks he's overrated. So which I don't which is it? Which is it you guys? Make up your goddamn mind. I think Kenny Galladay is a mirage of an elite wide receiver. People want him to be a really elite wide receiver and it's not to say that he's been poor by any means. He's been Great, mm-hmm. arguably. He was wide receiver 21 last year. Played just 15 games. I'm, I'm very happy if I have that on my roster. But not where you're drafting him. Not where you're drafting him and not where I anticipate he falls this year. He was the benefactor, whether people want to admit this or not, of Marvin Jones being out, of the Golden Tate situation, of him getting booted out. It became a situation where there's nobody else to throw it to. There was no tight end on the roster that he wanted to toss to. It was one guy. Don't. Don't. I feel like that actually hurt him. And hurt his production. Because he's still a very young receiver. That was, what, a second year? Mm -hmm. Still learning the game. Yeah. You know, he wasn't drafted as an elite, you know, first round wide receiver. You know, like a Julio Jones or A.J. Green type player. So he's still learning the game. So then after, you know, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, you know, were gone, you know, defenses were able to focus strictly on him and roll all the coverage to him, which hurt him. I think having Marvin Jones back, you know, having a viable tight end, whether it's Hawkinson or Jesse James or combination of both, I think that will help open up things for him. And, you know, with the coaches coming out and saying that they're a quote unquote running team. Uh, That's just the common thread in the NFC this year. Everybody wants to run the ball. Um, So, you know, in theory, they should be establishing the run more, which should open up some play action. Um, You know, I I guess I'm not as low on him as you are. My biggest issue with him is he he got all the targets. He got 120 targets Mm -hmm. last year. That's that's not small potatoes. And you can argue that the quality of those targets may have been rough because he was in double coverage. I I didn't see... I So I actually went back and watched what you would call highlights from mm-hmm. from the Lions. Uh, I did it for, for all of the NFC North teams, and I just went through the highlights. And maybe it was because it was just the highlights, and you didn't see all those passes where he was being smothered. Maybe... Um, I still think with 120 targets, you should be able to do a little bit more with it because you're the only game in town. And I honestly think he should have had more targets than he did. And part of the issue was that he wasn't, you can say he wasn't able to get open because of the coverage, I guess. And maybe this is the third year breakout where he comes into his own. Um, But they are going to be a running team. And they they aren't going to be able to get him many more targets, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think he's maxed out in that level. Um, say what you want about Dami Amendola, that motherfucker is going to get this. <laughs> um, maybe maybe I'm unreasonably low on him, but I just don't see him. I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver four. You know, I'm not saying he's going to dump down that far. I just don't see him as a, as even a low-end wide receiver, too, on a week-to-week basis. So who's the number one wide receiver on their team, then? Oh, it's still him. It's still him. It's still you him. You just think the whole wide receiver core is just going to be a dumpster fire? Not, no, see, I don't I mean, think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be great. He'll be okay again, but not even as okay as he was last year. Marvin Jones will still probably get his 100 targets like he always gets and be fine. But none of these guys, in my opinion, are going to crack the top 24. Wow. That I is a know. bold take. I should bold have put take. that on my bold takes episode. Oof. I like it. So, regression candidate. 
help my argument, Dustin. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so my regression candidate is Matthew Stafford. And it comes down to they want to be more of a running team. Um, he hates tight ends, apparently. Doesn't like to throw to them or use them. And, and you know, maybe he's just like a scorned lover after the whole Ebron situation. He just can't go back to it, you know? He already gave one guy his heart. Exactly. He's going to go through that again. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I think Stafford is, he's a, he's a fine quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's great, maybe slightly above average, but that's about it. Um, I, I just don't see him doing anything all that special this year. I know I got roasted on Twitter about um, having him projected as the 28th quarterback. Yeah, I was just going to ask for you you to clarify, because people listening to this right now, if they hadn't seen your projections, they might think, how is Matthew Stafford going to regress? He finished as QB19 last year. Clearly, yes. he can't go that much lower. Well, you're saying, yes, he absolutely can. He can. I think it's more of an indictment of the depth and quality of quarterbacks in the league than him personally like regressing, regressing stat-wise. Okay, so it's more of a drop in overall finish yes. as opposed to a drop in his overall stat line. Exactly. All right. That's exactly. fair. Okay. I'm glad we clarified. Yes, up and coming. Again. Oh, my God. You know what I'm starting to think is there's so few players to choose from, it's bound that we have some natural overlap. I think we should just do this yeah. more often just so we can agree with each other yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, why not? Uh, we, we both love the carry what, Would you say we should do this for like the next seven weeks? Book it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what the hell? Throw all the rest of our ideas out. That's right. <laughs> Carry on Johnson, though. Yes. Seems he's ripe for it. He's ripe to progress. Yes. Not regress. I don't know why I said it like a spooky ghost. Um, but where do your projections, which, by the way, you just posted your projections for uh, running backs on Twitter. Everybody mm-hmm. should check those out um, and then fight you about it. Yes. So where do your projections have Carry on finishing this year? 14 overall. That's a nice. Yes. Again, it comes back to the coach coming out and saying that they're going to be a run-first team. You know, He can catch the ball out of the backfield, which you love to see. That helps, especially in PPR leagues. Absolutely. When he was healthy last year, again, that's kind of the caveat, assuming he's healthy. You know, He started to get in the groove that second half of the season and was really uh, doing some good things. So I just expect that to increase. He's, I, I believe he's going to stay healthy. I don't think he's injury prone, you know, going to be on a run first team. Uh, and he's got all the tools to be, you know, a top 12 quarterback in RB1. I just don't think he quite gets there this season. On a points per game basis, carry on finished right behind Aaron Jones, uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. They, to me, seem a little bit like the same player. N- not, I'm talking skill wise or anything like that, but situation and usage. They seem to be in a similar deal mm-hmm. last year. Neither one of them were getting the work that people wanted them to get, Correct. albeit for different reasons. Correct. They do both have those injury issues that are always going to be kind of nagging at you mm-hmm. until they prove that they can be rid of them for a full season. And they both do have somebody behind them. They are not the clear bell cow, in my opinion. I don't think carry on will be that. I think he maxes out at 250 touches this year because they're not going to go. They're not going to go Zeke Elliott with him. Total touches. Total touches. That is runs and passes. Yeah, in my, I've got him exactly at 250. No, oh my so, god! Could we agree more? Oh god. High five. This love fest is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We'll get back to the bickering later. Um, Aaron Jones, carry on. You got to pick one. Who would you take? Try not to let your homerism affect this. I, I would probably say carry on. Yeah. I, I do think he has a more um, stable situation. I think he definitely proved himself last year to be capable. Uh, I just like him overall. There's higher draft capital involved. And you ain't afraid of CJ Anderson. No, no I'm not. <laughs> Who would be? All right, question marks. Question marks. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to say... Do it. TJ Hawkinson. Do it. 
the tight end. I know they drafted him, you know, top 10 overall rookie draft this year. But as I said earlier, uh, you know, Stafford hasn't traditionally used his tight ends. I just, I don't know how that's going to look. They did pay Jesse James in the offseason to come in. Um, not a huge contract by any stretch of the imagination, but they still, you know, put some money down on a tight end. So whether this means they're going to run two tight end sets or it's going to be a 50-50 split. And again, tight ends don't typically break out, you know, in the first couple years. I don't care, you know, how, you know, how hyped you are, how, how NFL ready you think tight ends you know, or any player is. I just drunk. don't I just don't see it happening. So uh, that's why he's my question mark. He has the talent to do it and he, he very well could. I just don't know if it happens this year. Let me let me float an idea past you here. I'm not, I'm not gonna assume anything, but as much as we talk about Eric Ebron being historically bad in Detroit, it's not like he didn't have serviceable years. Correct. You know, he just you, didn't live up to that top ten hype. Sure, sure. But go back to 2014. He finished tight end 13. And do you think that Hawkinson at least has a chance to finish around that area? Not as a tight end one, but can he even come close to cracking it? Uh, not this year. Not this year. I don't see it this year, no. Long haul. That Kenny Galladay is going to get off his target. That's right. Whap. Uh, all right. I have question marks at everything behind Carry On Johnson. Fair enough. Um, C.J. Anderson, while I'm sure, is a very nice guy. And I, I, I bet you could have a dinner with him and talk the night away, and it would be wonderful. Uh, not banking on him to do much this year for the Lions. If you want to live on what he did in the playoffs last year, you can do that. You can take that bullet, and God bless you, I wish you all the best. But if you're going to look at that four-game stretch where he had double-digit carries and he put up massive games, I'm not arguing that at all. He had 300-yard-plus games. He looked phenomenal. He also had the freshest legs in the league because nobody fucking wanted him on the field until Todd Gurley got hurt. Uh, He didn't have a chance in Carolina because obviously that was the Christian McCaffrey show. Obviously. I do feel remiss, like I can't ignore that this guy had a thousand yard rushing season. Yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, wasn't it the previous season? It was the year before. So yeah, he's can't yeah can't discount that. I, I can't and I won't discount that. I do highly question one how much they'll really be able to be a run team this year. I know we're we're hoping for that for Carry On, but Carry On can get work even if they're not a full on rushing Correct. team. I don't see C.J. Anderson going out there and catching a boatload of passes. No. Even when he was the guy when Gurley was, was hurt, he never yeah, saw more that's than three targets role. in a game. That's not his role. No. So I'm a little scared of that, and I just don't think he'll get enough opportunity to be anything. Okay. So question mark. Question mark. Boom. All right. All right, Bears. Now, Bears fans, get excited. Now we save the division winners for last. Gross. Oh, why'd you have to say it like I know. that? I just... Look, it happens once every 10 years for them. You, <laughs> you got to let them have this moment in oh their son. I just love how we're making so many people upset at us right now. That's all right. Uh, hey, okay. I'm unapolog- unapologetically a Packers homer. I'm apoplectic about it, in fact. So. All right, so depth chart. Yep, Mitch Trubisky, quarterback. You sure? You sure he's going to be the starting quarterback? I'm sure. No, no questions there. All right, running backs. We've got Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, Mm -hmm. Mike Davis. Yep, Cordell Patterson. Yeah, no, I forget that he's there. Yes, they made too many moves. They did. Uh, Wide receivers. We've got Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Riley Ridley. That's about it yeah. for, for people that actually matter. And then... Uh, <laughs> for people who will even pretend to care. Yes. And then for tight ends, we've got uh, Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen. Oh, yeah. Sound good? It's 
Well, that's right I mean, there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like words, I guess. All right. So regression candidates. Yes. Start us off there. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, look, Mr. Trubisky is a guy, and he's a quarterback for the Bears. All and facts. These have all been true. I, I. I defy anybody to find an issue with what I've said thus far. Now, from here on out, you might have some issues with it. Mitch Trubisky finished as QB 15 last year, mm-hmm. playing just 14 games. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And yeah. it is. It, it is. It was, in fact, very good. Um, if you had Mitch Trubisky last year, you're undoubtedly happy about it especially because you didn't have to pay a fortune to get him in drafts. He simply wasn't being taken as as high as his finish. Mm-hmm. Um, again, all good things. My issue with Mitch. This is another team <laughs> that wants to run the ball more than they did last year. They didn't have the right pieces in the backfield to get that done. Looking at you, Jordan Howard. When Jordan Howard was on the field, they knew what the play call was. True. At the very at the very least, they knew, well, that guy's not going to get the ball. He's not going to catch the ball. Well, they tried early in the season, and then after about one half, they gave up on that. After one half and nine drops, they, no, he wasn't that bad. But he was one-dimensional. Correct. They now have a very multifaceted backfield. Yes. I would argue one of the be- better in the league. Um, certainly, from my opinion, the best in this division. Mm-hmm. And that is hard to say. I think that's say, fair. I think that's fair. But I think with the talent that they have there, it, it is one of the best. The plus for Trubisky is that maybe he'll have more options to dump off. I don't see that really panning out. Um, I think it's it's going to be unfortunate because Tariq Cohen is going to have to take a little bit of a step back from the offense, and he was his security blanket last year. Because he's one of those after-the-catch guys. Mm-hmm. He can do amazing things. My hope is, Matt Nagy, for fancy purposes, my hope is that he is a smart enough coach to realize that he should still focus on Tariq Cohen a lot. But you don't move up to get a guy in the draft to not give him touches. So Correct. David Montgomery is going to get his. I hope that David Montgomery is really great because I invested a lot in him. You in, are in planting Dynasty. that flag hard. But I, I don't see him as being better for Mitch Trubisky than Tariq Cohen. So that's, that's the rub. I also see a big regression coming for the rushing yards of Mitch Trubisky. Much as I hate to say it, some of his weapons are going to be better for him this year in terms of passing. So that will help him in one way, but it's going to hurt him in the rushing. Because so much of what he had to do early in the year was like a Dak Prescott thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's open. I guess I'm going to have to take this thing myself. And that's not that's that's great for the short term. I don't see that being great for uh, for this year. I, I don't think he's going to get nearly the rushing attempts that he got. He got 68 last year. I can see that coming down to 40. Um, and. As unfortunate as it is, rushing yards are better than passing yards for fantasy, even for a quarterback. It sucks, but that's the way it is. I also do not like Allen Robinson, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later too. And that's his main focal point. He still doesn't have the guys there, in my opinion, that can really boost him. And then that rushing floor for him is going to fall and let him drop a little bit. So I think it's not going to be a huge drop. But I could see him just scraping top 15. That's about my ceiling for him this year. Well, sorry to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my regression candidate is Tariq Cohen. You know, let's be honest, he had an amazing season last year, could do no wrong. You know, catching the ball out of the backfield, just he was electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. I just don't see that continuing. Um, as you said, they drafted uh, Montgomery. He's sh- going to step into that uh, Jordan Howard role. Plus, he's going to be catching the ball the backfield. So I think that obviously takes a little bit away from, from Cohen. 
Plus, as I said, they have Cordell Patterson on the team now. Not that he gets a lot of touches. We don't know how he's going to be used. But we did see in New England that when he came in and was actually used as a running back, he could make some things happen from time to time. So I think Nagy is smart enough to realize that. They saw that, brought him in for a purpose. Not that he's going to get a ton of touches, but that will still affect Cohen somewhat. So, And, you know, there's just so much hype around him right now. I just can't imagine drafting him where you have to draft him. Oh, I won't. I just won't do it. I'd rather take James White, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Same kind of guy, but I'm much more sure of what his role exactly. is going to be. I dig that. All right, up-and-coming players. Jake, you alluded to this already. Yeah. You know. You know who it's going to be. I know. David Montgomery, man. I am very excited for him, and it just boils down to draft capital. He was the Bears' first pick. He was not a first-round pick because they didn't have one to give, but they moved up to take this guy. They clearly have a plan for him. Mm -hmm. There were running backs after him that they could have waited on to see if they would get. They said, fuck that. I want to move up. I want to get this That's guy. my guy. That's my That's guy. That's my guy. That's a great sign, mm-hmm. especially for a running back, because you're not going to have to wait like you would for a wide receiver. And if they move up to take a wide receiver, still a 50-50 chance that he'll be able to produce in his rookie season. Not so with running backs. Montgomery was a kind of do-it-all guy at mm-hmm. Iowa State. He wasn't amazing at any one thing, but he could do everything pretty goddamn well. And again, Nagy seems like a guy who wants players who can do everything. He wants Correct. Swiss Army knives everywhere. So that's why he brought in Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. That's why he likes Taylor Gabriel. That's why he likes Tariq Cohen. I don't know why he likes Allen Robinson. But Montgomery uh, could have clear workload. I could see him getting 200-plus touches, honestly, um, in this. And I think he could do well for a flex play this year. All right. I like it. My up-and-coming player is Anthony Miller. You know, what's, oh, yeah. What's to say? You know, he was a rookie last year. He's going to be much more comfortable in the offense. Um uh, he was dinged up last year. I believe he had a separated shoulder, if I'm remembering correctly. So um, had, had some injuries. You know, wasn't at 100%. Second year in this offense, growing with Trubisky. I just, a lot of upside there. A lot of upside. You know, Allen Robinson, why he is on paper the number one on the team. I don't know if that's an actual fact. And that's how the season's going to end up. I mean, we'll see, but I just, I love Anthony Miller's upside. I think he's, he's up, he's going to take another jump this year. For sure. For sure. I, the things that he did as a rookie were impressive to me. Again, and he's kind of a red zone monster mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I fucking love it because we want to move into question marks here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just shit on this guy some more. Is <laughs> Alan Robinson. I don't know what you are, Alan Robinson. People so badly want to believe that 2015, where he put up 80 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 14 touchdowns, is Alan Robinson. The problem is, Alan Robinson has not done anything close to that in the three years since. And there are excuses that come out. It's because of the injury. Yes, that takes care of 2017. Fully on board. 2016, that's not an excuse. There wasn't really anything going mm-hmm. on there. He was just, I mean, Blake Bortles was going on there. But hey, he was there the year before. Correct. So what's the rationale there? 2018, first year on an offense. I'm willing to give slack for that, certainly. But what about his playoff game where he had, you know, eight catches for 140-some yards? Oh, the C.J. Anderson argument. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One game, I don't care how important that one game was. One game does not make a season. Yes, thank you. (laughs) If that was the case, I would be hyping Traquan Smith as the wide receiver one this year. Because you know what? Traquan did it twice last year. So by that logic, he's twice as good as Allen Robinson. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. He's disappointed continually since that Mm -hmm. one breakout year. I think Anthony Miller's better I think Anthony Miller could usurp him as even the number one this year, like you're talking about. 
perfect. Look at us just in agreement. Fucking in sync all over this. All right. We're JC and Justin. We're in sync. I'm Justin. Called it. Fuck you, man. Fine. But only because I want to keep agreeing with you right now. (laughs) All right. your question mark? All right. Question mark is just the running backs in general. I think you said it best earlier when you said they probably have the best running backs in the NFC North. Uh, It's just a matter to see how it's all going to shake out. I don't think they're, you know, as a team, they're going to have a very good season. You know, I don't see, you know, stat-wise, there being much difference from last year overall. It's just how is that going to shake out between Cohen, Montgomery, even Cordell Patterson peppered in there. It's hard to say. So that's that's why I have them as my question marks because I'm just not quite sure how it's all going to shake out this year. It's too much to think about. It is. It is. It's too hard to answer. That's fair. All right. You want to wrap this up with our projections that are bound to, yes. bound to be completely wrong? That's right. Let's let's wrap this up. Do you Ready want to go first to go. or shall I? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to defer to you. Oh, you're so kind. I know. All right. So I've got um, the Packers and the Vikings tied at the top of the division at 11 and 5. Got the Bears right behind them at 10 and 6. And then I got the Lions stuck this year again at 6 and 10. They just can't get out of the mud. They can't. They are stuck. What do you got? Uh, at the risk, I didn't want to, again, I didn't want to feel too much like a homer. I have to check myself a little bit. Um, at least be realistic. I, I don't see... I think everybody in this division could do really well because of who we're playing, but there are also some landmine games that just looks like everybody's going to lose um, because of the teams that we are forced to go against yes. this year. And that's why I had the top three in the division so close. Yeah, totally makes sense. I have the Vikings and the Packers also tied, but I have them tied at 10-6. I think there's so many question marks for, for Green Bay that it's tough for me to give them that extra lip. I want to believe... And I do, based on my prediction, but I don't believe quite that much. Vikings, same deal. I think they're still kind of trying to figure themselves out. It's like they don't have a firm grasp on who they are yet. So 10 and 6 for you. Bears, I'm also dropping down one, putting them at 9 and 7. Um, I, I, it's not that I hate the Bears. It's not that I hate the Bears. It's that I see it as a tough sled for the Bears to match up well within the North still. So, Sorry. <laughs> They had their once every 10 year run. They did. You wasted it. You used it up. Um, No. And and the Lions, I'm going to give the Lions a little bit more credit. I think Matt Stafford can run the team better than he did last year. I'm not saying he's going to be a better quarterback. I think he can run it better than he did last year. I think he can eke out seven wins. I'm giving him seven. Uh, And that's it. All right. Yeah. Well, that was a great show. It was. And now you guys don't even have to watch the upcoming season because we told you what's going to happen. Exactly. You got a lot of free time now. Yes. Uh, So that's it for this week. Next week, we will be tackling the AFC North. We'll see if the North divisions and um, do the same thing we did this week. Run through uh, everything we did just with the AFC North teams. But even better, if I dare. Most likely. Yes. (laughs) We're always striving to be better. Uh, You can find us. On Twitter, uh, podcast is at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find me at the accurately named Jake Trowbridge. You can find us on the web at <laughs> www.drinkingandtalkingff.com. Uh, feel free to drop us a question you'd like answered on the show. We will do that. Feel free to DM us on Twitter. Uh, we will answer your question and answer it on the show as well. Uh, keep sending those drunk trades in. We do appreciate them and enjoy the hell out of them. That's right. I'm starting to run a little bit low on the backlog, so we got to get some fresh ones in. You know, feel free to share this all with your friends. Tell them they can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts, basically. And if we're not on a platform, let us know. We'll get on there. No problem. Yeah, let us know, and we will send you a cassette tape of the podcast that you can then play to your heart's content. All right. Hey, again, I'm saying, we'll put it in the mail. I'm not saying it's going to get to you. All right. Any last parting words there, Jake? I just want to go drink. All right. (laughs) Well, until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.